Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Exchange. My name is Scott Morgan, Roth, the Motor City Madmouth, and in studio here is Candy Ebling. Hello, everybody. And Charlotte Batts, CEO, Rick Curdy. And Rick, uh, glad to have you back on the program. All right. Well, uh, Rick, uh, what is your rant for the evening? Well, you know me. I don't, I'm very shy. So, I can <laughs> hardly tell. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, NFL is starting to come back. And, of course, what's back now? The idiotic combine. I, I'm so sick of this stupid combine. It is the most dumbest thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. You see a bunch of grown men running around in their underwear. And, he, and you got to end them. That's where they determine who's good and who's not good and who ran fast and who jumped high and who lifted more and who didn't lift more. I mean, it's stupid. You know, and I think what makes it even more stupid is when the quarterbacks throw the ball. And have you seen that when they throw the ball and they have, like, brooms up to make them to see how they can throw the ball when there's, like, defensive players putting their hands up? They have these brooms up to see. And it's like, oh, boy, that guy could throw over a broom. Big deal. So these combines are so useless and so worthless because you have players on there who run the fast time, they get drafted up high, and then they're big busts. And then you have somebody there who, who's like nobody ever mentions, and they become a superstar, maybe like a Tom Brady or something like that. So these combines are worthless. I don't want to see a bunch of grown men running around their underwear with no shoulder pads. And if I wanted to see that, I'd watch professional wrestling, okay? So, I mean, it, it's gotten so ridiculous now, and I think a lot, now a lot of players are complaining because there's too much wait time now with this combine that they're doing right now, and it, it, it's it's dumb, it's useless, they need to get rid of it, and these quarterbacks, I'm sorry, I don't see anybody in this, in this draft right now, these quarterbacks are going to be the next superstar, um, I just don't get it, Joe Burrow's going to be an absolute, if I was Joe Burrow, I would pull a John Elway and tell my agent, I am not going to Cincinnati. I do not want to go there. That's like the that's like going to the Cleveland Browns. That's where the quarterbacks go to die. And they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going anywhere. He's going to be a complete and massive bust over there. Hold no you punches know. back. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, and two, I'm sorry. I think two is a great player. But I just don't understand why he's going to get drafted so high. The man is... The guy gets injured too much. Um, he's not that big of a player. I see Tim Tebow. That's who I see him as. A great college player. But going to the pros, he's going to have issues. And he's so injured all the time. And I don't understand why he's still ranked up high. I mean, is a quarterback draft that bad that, you know, um, that you're going to get a guy who's small and a guy who's always injured? He's going to be like a top five. It's definitely a top ten in the draft. And I just don't understand why what's going on. I mean, the, the quarterback class right now is so weak right now. I mean, look at Dak Prescott. He might, this guy might be the highest-paid quarterback, and he's mediocre at best. Very, very mediocre. So I just 
Well, all I'll tell you is I'm definitely on your uh, wagon there. I have no interest in Tua. And to me, with his medical issues being what they are, to me, he somebody's going to take him. He, he, they, they will. I'm not a fan of Tua at all. Now, I know you're yeah. a little bit hard. I can tell that you didn't really particularly care for the state of Ohio, and I don't think you're gaining any fans in Cincinnati or Cleveland with some of your things, but you might get some Gator fans with Tim Tebow. You know, I don't – at least he won a playoff game. But, yeah, it's funny how you mentioned that Joe Burrow should pull a John Elway. And once upon a time I did talk to John Elway about his – Exit strategy to leave the Baltimore Colts and forced uh, uh, Ur- Robert Ursay to uh, trade him to Denver. We all know that turned out. So I don't know. I think Joe Burrow uh, is going to be playing there. Uh, you know, just uh, for all those folks that are uh, into the Bible and the church, all they know there better be an awful lot of prayers for Joe out uh, near the uh, Ohio River or Kentucky River, whatever one out there in the, you know. Yeah. Ken Anderson, but that's before your time. Yeah. Well, you asked, and I did. So you you don't need to be asking me those questions because, you know, I'll give you an answer. Name a superstar there. Name, like, one superstar quarterback that they had there. Well, now you might have a valid point. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, to me, the one that comes to mind was Carson Palmer. Right. Okay, there you go. He was a good, solid quarterback with the Bengals, but he got hurt, unfortunately, and they haven't made a playoff. I mean, Marvin Lewis is a great coach, but he took him to zero playoffs in the 17 years he was there, which is ridiculous. Well, and, I mean, they're not going anywhere with this new head coach. and They look terrible. And Joe Burrow, enjoy your money, but you're going to be a complete and massive bust in the NFL. Well, I'll tell you what, though. I like the future for Andy Dalton uh, wherever he goes. At least he'll be able to re uh, ju- uh, revitalize his career somewhere else. So. Uh, I know you're, we have a little bit. We don't have as much time with you as we normally do. But uh, any uh, final thoughts about what you talked about before you can promote what you're doing? Yeah. Um, hey, Andy Dalton. The Panthers definitely need a quarterback since Cam Newton's always hurt. Hey, come here. We'll take you. I don't mind having the red the red rifle here in the in Charlotte. I'll take him. Okay. And what do you want to do to promote yourself in terms of what you're looking to get done, right? Just go on our website. I'm trying to bring Major League Baseball to Charlotte. Our website is www.charlottebats.com. We're on Facebook at Charlotte Bats. We're also on Instagram at Charlotte Bats. And we're also on Twitter at Charlotte Bats Baseball. Um, our email address is charlottebatsbaseball at gmail.com. Ask me a question. If you like my segment, if you think I'm horrible, go right ahead. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. You have another 30 or 45 second rant that we uh, that you were thinking about that you want to get out there while we have about that much time? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the combine stinks, and I don't see any of these quarterbacks going to, going to do anything. And I, like I said, I don't understand Tua. To me, he reminds me of Tim Tebow. You know, he's left-handed, and he's got the same body size. I think he's even smaller than Tebow. Um, great college quarterback. 
quarterbacks but just really can't transition. I don't get it. I must be missing some. I keep hearing he's going to be the next Drew Brees, which is the left-handed Drew Brees, which I thought was I, I, I was it was laughable. This guy is always going to get hurt. He got hurt in college so much. How are you going to do well in the NFL with 30-year-old grown man piling up on you? And he's going to be running for his life, especially if he's going to this horrible Dolphin. So I'm sorry. I just don't see it with two. I must be missing some. Well, you know what? Uh uh, I don't know. I'm with you. Okay, so we'll, we'll end it on that note. Tua, uh, according to Rick Curdy and myself, medical issues, don't bother. All right, so m- yeah. meanwhile, uh, Rick, thanks for being on the program uh, tonight, and we look forward to bringing you on again with another rant from Rick Curdy. And it, it won't be long before you're going out there and uh, on the show with Louis Adio Weiss, and I know you like Statman versus Sarcasm Man, right? Stay tuned for another uh, uh, visit with the two of you. Thanks again for being on the program, Rick. We appreciate you. Okay, pal? Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Candy. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good night. Night. What, what are your thoughts about? <laughs> I, I got to give uh, Curdy credit. When he wants to try to become a journalist, he can, because he does make a whole lot of sense of some of the stuff that he's talking about. He does. He does. Um, I, I agree with him that the quarterback class that's coming out isn't as strong as maybe it has been in um, previous years. As far as I'm concerned, I'm a Packer fan, so anyone in the NFC that want to draft either of those two quarterbacks, be my guest. Because I don't want to see them. I, I, uh, I, I don't want to see... Not that I can... I mean, they can go to these... Our competitors... And Green Bay will still shine. So, All right. Well, I'll tell you what. With that said, uh, we want to welcome South Florida Tribune correspondent Damon Knight to the program. And I guess you're going to be not too bad. You're going to be talking another sport called baseball. So what's on your mind? My uh, my mind is Christian Yelich. He's to sign a seven-year, $190 million deal extension, contract extension with the Brewers that adds – he had a contract. Uh, his contract structure uh, was two years, twenty-five million, and it, it goes to two fifteen now after this ex- uh, extension. Um, he's going to make two uh, twelve point five million dollars this season, fourteen million, uh, fourteen million in two thousand twenty-one, and also includes a club uh, club option of fifteen million in twenty twenty, with a one point two uh, twenty-five million dollar buyout in his final year. All right, uh, a couple yes. quick questions, okay, yes. uh, with the amount of time that we have. Yes. You know, once upon a time, the Milwaukee Brewers signed Ryan Braun to an extension, and they yes. got happy and signed him to another one. But at that time, we have a Milwaukee girl here with us, okay? Yes. It was either yeah. Braun or Prince Fielder. Do you think that the uh, Brewers are going to regret this contract to Yelich? Uh, no, I don't. Um, Yelich is such a, a vital part to their offense and a vital, a vital part uh, to that team in general. You know, before he went down, that team was cruising, and I thought they were a legitimate World Series shot. And when he went down, that team just kind of sunk. So I don't think they'll regret it. As long as he stays healthy, it's, as long as it's not a Prince Fielder situation where, you know, he signs with the Tigers and then he has a neck injury and then, you know, he doesn't show up or just doesn't perform, then yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't see that as a situation that they're going to run into. I I uh, agree with you, Damon. I think Yelich 
was MVP two years ago. He was yes. very close to being an MVP this last year. In fact, he was, what, second in the votes? Yeah, to uh, Corey Bellinger of the Los Angeles Dodgers, yes. Exactly. And from all the things that I've heard, being that I am from Milwaukee, I hear a lot more local things than probably most people. Um, Kristen Yelich not only exemplifies and exudes excellence on the field in the batter's box, but he's a great defensive player, much better than Braun ever was when you're yes. talking when you're comparing contracts. And he's a leader inside that locker room. And that yes. makes a huge difference too. Yeah, and you know, you look at Braun's steroid uh year, the year he did you know, he got caught doing steroids, you know, that's a big uh that's a big cloud over his head that he has to live with, you know, for the rest of his life. And you know, eyes are constantly on him and then you know, Yelich just carries himself like a true professional, and so, you know, I don't think we'll have a problem, and I, I think they're they're in good hands. I think Milwaukee fan base is very happy to see this because yes. we don't see this very often where, you know, a small market team gives such a big contract to such a good MVP player. You know, we, we lost, like, Moustakis, we lost Grandal yep. because we couldn't afford. We can't afford five different big contracts. So we had to yeah. pick and choose which contract we wanted to, and we picked and we chose the right one, Christian Yelich. Yeah, it doesn't hurt that Braun's contract is coming off the books either, so they'll be yes. able to free up some money down the road to accommodate Christian. But yeah, you're right. It's not like a lot of marquee free agents are going to use Milwaukee as a destination, you know, because no. they simply can't afford to pay multiple contracts of uh, that type of cash. But, you know, again, it sends a good message to the fan base. You got Lorenzo Cain, and you have some good core players. Yeah. Uh, I guess the biggest thing that Craig Council and David Stearns have to do is how you're able to corral a lot of all this to make sure that you have a sufficient farm system, but you need good quality players to contend every single year, and you have to make a few sure trades. Yeah. Well, I can honestly say our farm system is not where it needs to be, and that is definitely a, one of the um, weak points within the Brewers farm system right now. We've the last couple of years we've kind of traded a lot of them away, but I will yep. say that I know that we've talked on previous shows about analytics, and I can tell you that um, Craig Council uses analytics to a T and uses them very well. Yes, yeah, he seems like a very good coach. Just from what I hear from reading articles to him in the media. Yeah, he seems, seems like a really good major, uh, major league manager for that team uh, for, you know, being experienced as well as young. And, you know, uh, you got Josh Hader, too. They'd like to keep him. I know he kind of broke down last year in the playoffs, but you know what? It, you know, it happens to the best of them. You know, you look at Justin Verlander, you look at Clayton Kershaw, you know, they, they choke in big moments, but you, you know, I think the more he gets experienced, the more, you know, he'll be better suited later down the road. Well, and you talked about how the Brewers tanked, or and they, I wouldn't say tanked. They did very well. They took, they almost beat the Nationals Man, in that game. You know, it, they had one bad couple. They had a couple bad luck plays that happened, or they yeah. they would have been there. Well, I wouldn't use the word tanked. It's unfortunately uh, at crunch time they weren't able to get it done against a determined Washington team. I do want to point out a couple of things before we close the segment. Number one, Craig Council did win championships with the 
Florida Marlins and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And while he wasn't a great player, he was a key component of uh, for both of those franchises. And everybody will tell you that lots of times, some of your, not your superstars, but guys like him, turn out to be very good managers. And also the Brewers are going to get Corey Knable back, whom uh, that was gone last year. So hopefully that'll take a little bit of the pressure off of Josh Hader. And if the bullpen for Milwaukee is able to more or less you know, not be taxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. They... Yeah. Uh, they just, yeah, just need, they need quality pieces or just, you know, uh, players that mean a lot to them to stay healthy as much as they can possible and to be in those big moments and come through. That, and, that... you know, uh, we don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out over time, but you know, I'd give this team a chance. They're, 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 you know, they're legit. They're scrappers. They play hard yeah. no matter what. Any small yep. market team is going to be hurt by any big name player going down an injury. So any small market team, we need our players yep. to stay as healthy as they possibly can. Man, if you look at the roster like back when, you know, they had Sabathia and Granky and, and just uh, a ton of players that just like, you're like, wow, you know, you know, I, I don't know how they didn't win it back then either. So, um, they came yeah. close. It's not the destination of a Yankees or, you know, the Dodgers or that, but they've got some good, hardworking people, players there, along with a good coach that knows how to coach and get out of his players what he needs to. And you know what? We will close it on that note. All right. Well, Damon, uh, we appreciate the contribution. You can find Damon Knight's uh, stories on SouthFloridaTribune.com and give a quick plug to your Twitter, and then we'll uh, wrap up the segment. Uh, so it's at Damon with a capital D, Knight with a capital K, and one nine nine three zero four zero nine. And also, uh, I'm here representing the Detroit Sports Media at the following company, and uh, George says hi. All right, well, very good. I'm glad yeah, you got connected. Yeah. So with that said, uh, I'll go back there and have a good time, and we're all set. I will. All right, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Scoop. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Right. Yeah, have a good night. All right, our next guest wears multiple hats, and we want to welcome David Levin here over to the Sports Exchange. And uh, David, glad to have you on the air, buddy. Thank you for having me back on. You know, this thing about multiple hats, I think I'm going to have to get one that uh, defines exactly what I do for a living, one for baseball, one for football, and maybe sew it together. Well, maybe Gaylord Perry will help you out because he had, when he went in the Hall of Fame, didn't he have like eight or ten teams on his ads? I don't know what yeah, he had. Doing all right tonight? Oh, we're doing fantastic. We're doing How about good, yourself? David. So, so good, good. It's, pouring, it's pouring here, by the way. So, let's pray for a really good connection. Um, all right, well, we'll make we'll the best little, of it. Go ahead. Want to, talk a little, want to talk a little Jaguar football? Absolutely. Great. Well, uh, a lot has changed since the last time we talked. Uh, we know about Yannick Ngakwe's uh, unique situation. He doesn't want to play for the team anymore. We do know that the Jaguars intend to apply the franchise tag to him. And we know that there will be several suitors who will uh, reach out and see what it would take to bring the pass rusher uh, to another location. Uh, There's some interesting things that have developed since the last time we talked, where you've peeled away the onion, so to speak, and you see the different layers, how it has affected the team, and how it has affected uh, the market 
for a free it's not free agency, but basically it becomes a free agent issue because it affects other other players who are set to uh, leave their teams and, and hope for riches. So, you know, there's five or six teams that are prominent out there, Scott, that are going to probably take a swing at him and see if they can land him. Okay. Uh, first of all, I in at first when he announced it, I had done some research about teams with salary cap availability because he's asking for a contract like we talked about of twenty two million dollars a year. That may not that may be flexible depending on maybe the team, and I'm thinking maybe that becomes an issue if he has a chance to go to a playoff team that has a legitimate shot at getting to a Super Bowl. Maybe he takes less. Maybe he still stands his ground at twenty two million. Originally, I thought it was going to be the Baltimore, Baltimore Colts. Wow, sorry guys, Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, you know you're aging you yourself know, there, David. I am. We were talking about the San Diego Chargers forever, Scott. So I kind of yeah. so fun on that one. <laughs> so the gray hairs come out, David. That's all right. But exactly, but it's it's possible. I I trying to do two of one. The Colts are a team that have a lot of salary cap money to spend. The Baltimore Ravens also may be interested. Gockley played the University of Maryland at his home area. Right. They may work a deal. I know that um, you know uh, there was some talk earlier in the year with Jalen Ramsey may have been a player that the Rams wanted to trade for. Um, and Hayden Hurst, the tight end, who's from Jacksonville, was a possible trade ship. I could see that happening too, where the Ravens offer you know maybe a second round pick and, and Hurst for for Ngakwe services. Uh, I heard today that the Raiders may be interested. The uh, New York Giants have always been interested, and that's that's a that's a growing story to watch because I believe he wants to play in New York. Um, there was a story on ESPN earlier today that New York is a destination he would he would consider. And of course, you know, being in the spotlight and the Big Apple, and he's a rising star. It says. The With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Bills who need a pass rusher. Uh, and there's some other trade chips. Maybe Miami jumps in here, Scott. Um, you might want to take a look at that downstate where you guys are. The, the Dolphins might be willing to part with their second round pick uh, for Ngakwe and maybe consideration. He fits. He fits their need because I know that they don't have guys down there they don't have really strong pass rushers um, that is that is something that has been talked about heavily actually uh, over the last few days that the Dolphins are going to be active in free agency and they may actually try and trade for players in lieu of so you know I'm just giving you a tip down there for you guys down in South Florida so <laughs> maybe take a look at okay no um the thing about Ngakwe is that there's such negative backlash here. I don't know if you've been following on social media or whatnot. He played four years, and he played very well. He outplayed the contract. He was a third-round pick. They didn't expect him to be this, you know, this all-pro, pro-bull type of player. 
and he did exactly what we asked of him to the tune of $2 million this year. So I mean, he's asking for a contract that he's worthy of, and the fans think that he is asking for too much. It, it's, a, it's a weird thing. It's almost like the fan base turns on the player once you decide he doesn't want to you know, stick around if he can't have what he wants. Well, you've got a smaller market, so it's very easy for anybody to turn on anybody, whereas a uh, market where you have four major sports, nobody fr frankly cares. It doesn't matter. Right. So, yeah, you definitely have a different animal for sure, David. Definitely. Um, the Jaguars are in a weird spot, too, because they they traded A.J. Bouye this week. Well, it's not official yet. It can't be official until the start of the actual NFL season. I believe that's the 18th of March. They're sending AJ to Denver for a fourth-round pick, which does a few things. First of all, it leaves a huge hole at cornerback in the secondary. It takes $13 million off the salary cap, which allows Jacksonville to have more flexibility uh, in their, their ability to sign free agents or maybe even offer a deal to Ngakwe and see if they can still entice him. If he stayed with the Jaguars this year, they would still be on the hook for $19.3 million. They have $33 million and change right now that's available to them, and they're still going to potentially drop another 15 or $16 million depending on who they let go. Um, so they have money to play with. I just don't know if they can pony up enough to say, okay, we've, we've given you what you want, you know, maybe we can work out a long-term deal if you play on the 19.3 tag. And let's work something out for the next, you know, four or five years. Would Ngakwe want to play knowing that they're going to be, this roster is going to be different than it was last year? Um, basically, all of his, let's call them dogs, as, as Jalen Ramsey called them as soon as the announcement was made, that all these players are going to be jettisoned within the next year or two. So does he stick around to become the um, the tried and true leader of this defense where he is the focus of it. He and, he and Josh Allen and they build around him. Or does he go somewhere else and hopefully wins a title and, you know, that's a hit or a mess. Well, again, you have a lot of variables there. You do. So, I mean, again, as the roster turns over, no, this isn't uh, as the world turns, but as a, but that happens this time of the year with all 32 NFL teams. Right. Uh, I know that uh, there was some grumbling today that I heard that after we had our, our, our pre-production meeting, they were talking about the stability of the coaching staff and the front office based on the moves that they're making. Uh, and they do expect more. There, there's some trade talk that teams have inquired about Calais Campbell, they've inquired about um, Brandon Linder, and Andrew Norwell. I'm not so sure that the Jaguars are actively shopping these players, but what I do think happens is, as you know, because you've been to, to meetings and circles and games and whatnot, people talk. You know, one general manager walks up to another and says, hey, how's it going? And, you know, let's need and, and Dave Caldwell used to work together in Atlanta. Thomas Dimitrov works, you know, he was in Atlanta. And it was Caldwell because he helped him develop. Those things happen and play, you know, teams talk and they say, hey, what's available? If I wanted Calais Campbell, what would I have to offer? And I don't, I've heard that 
players to do. He's 33 and he's still great and he still plays really tough. He's a two-down player. They're not offering much for him. Uh, Norm Wells has some interest because he is still a top 10 center in the league. I don't know about Norwell enough to say that he is worthy of a solid draft pick because he's had two terrible seasons once he signed the, the $66 million deal here in Jacksonville. But I do figure that some veterans are going to get moved you know, within the next week or so prior to free agency. Okay. All right, well, so let's go over a few things here. I will address. Okay, so will there be uh, players who are cut for salary cap reasons? Definitely. There's, okay. still more, there's still more to go. Marquise Lee's probably is, is almost assured to be gone. Um, I think Jeff Swain, who signed with them last year, but he, uh, remember, he's the one that took that vicious hit um, across the middle against New Orleans. Uh, he had a concussion and a knee injury, and he never came back. Um, it was her, he's the one that was sitting on the ground and got hit. It was horrific, and we kind of all gasped at it. Um, he is, could be a cap casualty. They could still release Linder, or they could still release Norwell. I believe that Norwell would cost them $5 million in dead cap space. So I don't know if it's it's feasible, because they, didn't, they don't have a left guard to step right in and, and replace him. Okay. All right, so that leads me to my next question, David. Is this really a fire sale? I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting. Um, I could turn it right around, and I know what you're going to say. Okay. I know that we talked about it. You think it's the beginning of one. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, all the in inklings I'm starting to get lead me in that direction. And since you like to cover the Marlins, you know they've uh, had their fair share of fire sales. But, uh, of and, and since that, uh, there's a little unique uh, connection there that uh, the Marlins team, uh, there's a Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, so I'm wondering if fire sales right. run up I-95. So is there one up in northern Florida with Jaguars? Okay, I'm one of the few that don't think so yet, and I'll tell you why. The, everybody was shocked when they heard the news that Fourier was going to was traded. And in all reality, the Jaguars were either going to offer him a chance to change, you know, to restructure his deal and change the parameters. Because thirteen more, thirteen million dollars is a lot for a guy who has under underperformed the last two years. Or they want to cut him. And you know, evidently there was a conversation. We're not privy to what goes on inside the building during you know, right. the offseason. It's tighter than Fort Knox. But he did say, if you're going to trade me, I'd like to trade. You know, I want to go to Denver. So they accommodated him. Um, and that's respect for what he's done for the organization. And in three years, he's still a starter in this league. He's still a good player. And he can play on 20, he can start on 25 teams. Um, and that's a testament to who he is. But I, uh, I think that you're going to see other, you know, other players move around. I just don't know who they are yet. Right. And it's, uh, I, but I don't know if it's a fire sale. Yeah, fire sale... How about this? If Leonard Fournette got traded, I say, oh, hell yes, it's a fire sale. But I, I don't think that's happening. Um, I think Nick Foles, they're going to kick the tires on trying to trade him. That's come around, this, you know, again. Um, but teams have teams have come to the Jaguars. There have been conflicting stories uh, all over the all over the net and, and whatever you read or whatever you see or whatever. And I learned a long time ago, listen to everything and don't trust anything until it happens. I'm pretty sure some teams <laughs> at the combine or whatever general conversation say, hey, 
if we wanted him, what would it cost and how much are you willing to pony up to help? Because, you know, he has a large contract and there's only a handful, four or five teams that can can handle take, taking on $22 million in salary cap. So you're going to see players go. If you saw if you saw players like Fournette and, and uh, you know, D.D. Westbrook and half of the offensive line go, and then maybe you see, you know, Avery Jones go or, you know, whatever. Somebody makes a deal and wants to take the contract of, of Miles Jack off, off of their payroll, it's a fire sale. Okay. Until those things happen, I don't think so yet. That's uh, fair. That's I, I'm, f- I'm, I'm convinced, and I, I, know, I know what you're saying, and you're completely right that to start thinking that way because in 2000, was it 2013 when um, Maurice Jones drew was talking about how players are going to exit left and right, and then they traded Eugene Monroe and they let they dropped a few players, and people were starting to panic, and it was a, sort of the Caldwell and Gus Bradley regime. And then nothing happened. I'm inclined to think that it's either going to be drastic and they let everybody go, or it's going to stay the way it is. And you'll see a couple of other veterans who, you know, basically they haven't they haven't played up to their contract standards, so they're, they're being let go for that reason. All right. So, really, I guess anybody can look at it as when major bodies go, and I mean a lot of them. That would be the first thing that one would view. So we have one more thing we're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, and that sure. being this, since it looks like the team may let other players go, as you've already stated, will David Caldwell and Doug Morrell be allowed to live out the remainder of the contracts through 2021 while the team rebuilds, if indeed you call it? Because we all know that Shad Khan still believes there better be some improvement. So now this uh, question becomes a bit more magnified based on the most right. recent roster developments let alone the fact that you have Trent Balky in the organization as well. Okay, you remember when you were in high school and you really hated math class and they gave you those work problems? I try to forget my high school days considering I went to school. And math was something I've always tried to forget my problems. David, you're talking to a daughter of a math teacher. <laughs> okay, well, how about this, okay? I'm sure that you got, you got the math problems and you were like okay with it. But, you know, Johnny went to the store and had 10 apples and he bought five grapes and he saw Susie and he talked to her and he said, hi, and how many, how many pairs did he come home with? Essentially, right. that's, that's how it breaks down. Um, I didn't think about this until I heard it this afternoon on one of the talk radio shows here in town. Sean Khan is the only one that has said, this is when now. And I, I know that he is the owner and we discussed the good points and bad points of him owning this organization. I'm thinking that David, that Caldwell and Marone and Balky, because now you have Balky, you have to you have to include him in this deal. They have their own idea of how they're going to make this work. And if they go to Shad and say, listen, I can make this work, but I need another year, then yeah, they get to play out their contracts. Remember too, if they fire, even if they get fired at the end of the year, Khan is on, on the hook for two two head coaches, and then he's got to go the head coach and general manager, and then he's got to go ahead and replace them with other money. Right. So you know it's it's a financial juggernaut cluster. I don't know what you want to call it, but if he he firmly thinks that this team is going to move in the right direction by making other moves and says, "Hey, this will work one more year," he hasn't made any changes net yet. 
and he wasn't quick to pull the trigger on Gus Bradley, I would bet that he probably can get talked into keeping him one more year. Wow. I don't think Sean Conn's going to have to worry about how much money he has to pay out because, what is he, a billionaire anyways? He's a very wealthy man. Of course, anybody that has a piece of the Wembley action is doing pretty good. But, so, you know, I don't think that. I, I guess the thing for me is if the Jaguars can at least finish, whether it's 7-9 and or 8-8 eight and eight this year, that applies these other two guys another year. Because you also have to realize that they did make some upgrades on their coaching staff by bringing on uh, Jay Gruden and what, Scott, uh, Ben McAdoo. So, so you brought those guys, and you're hoping to bolster the offense and at least make it exciting football. You know, and then you play it by year based on progress. Scott, you you will understand. Both of you will understand this. It's it's like the Dolphins. Remember, it was we're giving uh, Brian Flores a blueprint to do exactly what he wants to do. So what does he do? He starts cutting all these veteran players. Minka Fitzpatrick got cut, and all these all these all these uh, players are 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 leaving team and whatnot. Or Minka got traded. I'm sorry, but. The, the idea was is that they were going to tank and you know you, you're going to tank for Tua and then all of a sudden they started winning and even though they have a really high draft pick this year they became exciting and I'm, I'm and with that people it's like in floors we trust right here in Jacksonville he's already been here three years so he doesn't get that right he doesn't get that kind of um, uh, what do you call it uh, reprieve that, I, that, that's the best word for it. But he didn't get that kind of reprieve. But let's, you're right. If they finish seven and let's say they finish eight and eight, and their offense is scoring 21 points a game, and Gardner Minshew throws for 4,000 yards and has 25 touchdowns, and Leonard runs for 1,200 yards, and you know they get to keep Ngakwe one year and he has 10 sacks, and Josh Allen has 12, and Calais is playing two downs and he has seven, then they buy time because they become more exciting and you put butts in the seats and people are there and then it, you know what this is called they're trying last right. year they didn't try and you saw it firsthand they didn't oh, yeah. try right well, yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, Brian Flores was given a five-year deal, so and it didn't help hurt that he came from the New England Patriots and the Dolphins saw him twice a year, so they knew pretty much what they were getting with Brian Flores, who is probably going to be one of the bright young coaches in this league for years to come. And I agree with you. It's, Doug Marone is such a likable guy. You know, you and I gush over him, and you know that, but he's such a likable guy want him to succeed and if he doesn't then Shad's also going to have to face the reality that he's going to have to find somebody who's a little harder you know he's, he's a harder ass as a coach and a little more defiant and a little more you know uh, Bill Belichick-esque I, I didn't want to use the Coughlin Coughlin uh, uh, you know comparison but he'd have to find somebody completely opposite of the personality of the coach and the coaching staff that he has right now. Right. And I'm not sure he wants to do that if they're making progress. Well, it also might depend on what coaches are hot commodities next year and who's available, whether they fit the profile for what they're trying to do. So, again, once again, David, there's a lot of different variables, but uh, we can't worry about next year's coaching surge. Uh, they've given these guys another year to figure it out, and 
despite some of the roster movement going on, we still have the draft to look forward to and what potential free agents. And when you combine both of those, then we redefine what the word fire sale is, if indeed it's just roster t- turnover and makeover versus fire sale. So there's a lot of different moving parts to this whole thing. And you know that the next time, by the next time that we talk, a lot could, it could change. Right. And everything that we have talked about tonight could be thrown out the window. Right. And then we're thinking, oh, what now? Um, which could probably, could probably happen. <laughs> Because it's the Jaguars. Um, ah, but David, that happens with every team. I don't care if it's the Jaguars, yeah, Dolphins, Lions. There's more crap to talk about. Well, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, well, but that happens with every. Just like we're talking about the Jaguars. Pick any team in the world; they're all going to have roster decisions to make based yeah, on practicality. Obviously, yeah, the Jaguars are the team that we so, yeah. talk about on a consistent basis. I get that, you know. But no, I, I, I know. I don't care whether you're Miami, Detroit, whatever. One of the most likely people. People I've ever worked with was a guy by the name of Wayne Fonts, and he stayed with the Lions for a lot of years and had some success there, even though he didn't finish with a winning record. Boy, I'll tell you, like that cigar, had a lot of great times with him, and the Lions played some exciting football. So we got about a couple more minutes to go in the broadcast, David. Uh, anything else you want to add before we go ahead and let people find a way to get a hold of you? Okay, well, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on the I'm on fan side, and I cover the Jaguars, and I cover the, the Marlins. Uh, I can be reached on social media on Twitter at DM seven one nine nine zero seven. I put uh, a lot of uh, work on there for baseball and football. Um, and we, meaning you and me, are embarking on uh, on one hundred eight teams uh, that I'm hopeful will uh, start really kicking into high gear when you guys come back and right. we get ready for the start of baseball season. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, you know. David, you're definitely uh, a big part of the South Florida Tribune Broadcasting Network as well as the uh, South Florida Tribune period. And we look forward to occasionally seeing some of your uh, writing material down the line when you're able to send it uh, our way as well. Uh, But, you know, again, that's what we hopefully will be able to provide complete coverage when you're able to do it. But we certainly will make sure the broadcast side is without a doubt covered as well. Great. So you guys enjoy your... uh well, there's no such thing as time off, man. We may not be on the I air. Know. I, I understand. Well, there's no such. I don't even know what time off is anymore. You only knew, pal. I have a girlfriend that says the same thing. Right. We're just doing yeah. spring training cactus league style instead of grapefruit league style. You, you know yeah. what? I'm actually. I have never seen a. I've never seen a, a minor. Uh, a spring training game on, on, on the West Coast. I'm curious how much different that is. Well, first of all, I'll tell you how different it is. Uh, and I, I covered it many years ago, back in the 80s. And now, all these stadiums are within 45 minutes of each other. And there's only 10 of them in the Grapefruit League. They're 15, 16 all over the state of Florida. So right. that's how different it is. So you better have a lot of mileage, unlimited mileage on your vehicles if you're doing it in the Grapefruit League because the Cactus League isn't a big deal. And, and you have a lot more shared facilities out there. I was going to say more there. shared facilities right. over there. That's actually, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, look, you guys have a good time. Thank you. Enjoy your time off. And we'll get back. And by the way, i got to send you a text message to show Candy something because I forgot. Okay? All right. Well, that's fine. You know how to reach us. But meanwhile, uh, before. Yeah, you, know what I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about. 
Oh, yeah. Well, uh, this concludes this edition of the Sports Exchange. First of all, before David goes, I want to thank all of our guests tonight, Rick Curdy, who led off the program, followed by Damon Knight, and last but not least, David Levin, who brings it to us in a lot of different ways. All you guys did a really, really nice job tonight. So glad to have you on. We're glad to have our regulars uh, providing all the necessary insights and information for all of our listeners out there. So meanwhile, uh, once again, it's been a pleasure bringing it to you. We look forward to... Uh, the next edition of the Sports Exchange. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.